Hello everyone and welcome back to No Beard Left Behind Last Call. It's me, Frank, and Parker. Frank is unbuttoning his shirt disgustingly. And uh <clears throat> and I am sipping on a very special beer tonight. This is Ballast Point's Victory at Sea, which is their Imperial Porter. But this one is aged on high west whiskey barrels. I don't know how long it was aged on High West Whiskey Barrels. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. High West Bourbon and Rye Barrels. Uh, but this beer is 12% alcohol. And it is flat out amazing. If you recall last... Uh, I think the last episode that we did uh, before the wife cast, there was a barrel-aged porter from Goose Island that was good. But not this fucking chocolatey. This thing is this delectable. Anyway, so that's what I'm drinking. Um, Frank, now that you've buttoned up your Cosby sweater, which before two years ago had a different connotation, it just meant you had a lame sweater on with elbow patches. Now you've, hopefully you're not. Yeah, you do have an elbow patch on that sweater. Or you have really sweaty, sweaty elbows and that's staying that way. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm a big fan of really heavy beers like the one you're having tonight, Brian. So I definitely commend you for going balls deep uh, on that one. What 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 do you what flavor notes are you getting there? It, it's like straight up chocolate cake, honestly. It's it tastes like chocolate cake. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it's okay. literally just uh, chocolatey, boozy. Vanilla, like it's it. It tastes like a baked good, honestly. Yeah. So I I'm a big fan of like I said the heavy beers, and normally I like them because they do taste like coffee, and I'm a big espresso fan, so I like that. Chocolate cake is interesting. So there's not it. It has a sweet tinge to it. Yeah, yeah, it is actually quite sweet. Oh. Okay. Well, fair enough. So. That sounds interesting. I'll definitely have to try that. On my end, I'm having the First Sightings Rosé. This is another leftover from a uh, wine-tasting wine. I, I Actually, tonight was a um, wine bar night, so we, we went to one of nice. our favorite wine bars here in Austin called Wine Belly. Um, tapas, wine, nothing can really beat it. So... Um, had a couple, uh, well, had two different kinds of wine, ended on a rosé, um, came home, had some rosé in the fridge, so I'm going to have some rosé on the cast tonight. Now, rosé traditionally is thing, it, it's a type of wine that is thought of as a very um, girly wine. No, I don't know, I think it might just be because it's pink. Yes. Um, some part of it in the past probably associated to the fact that America used to have very sweet rosés. That's no longer the case. Most rosés are very dry. Um, this specific rosé is super dry. 
It's actually a Rhone blend. So it's all red wine um, that they de-skin, right, and then make this this wine out of. So this is a Grenache, Mouvedre, uh, Syrah, Cinso, uh, Role uh, blend, all like very Rhone varietals, very heavy, heavy wines. Um, and then when they take the skin off, it's essentially like a, a grape, right? And it, the skin gives it that deep, deep red uh color as well as that deep deep uh tanniny flavor so hmm. very good wine highly recommend if you can get your hands on it is that the one did you bring that up to uh our house a couple weeks ago no that one i brought was a pinotage rosé that one was also very good amazing i uh took a picture of the sauvignon blanc that you left up here as well yep because that beer or that wine, sorry, that wine reminded me of some of the best like French saisons that I've ever had in my life. It was that was oh, a phenomenal, awesome. phenomenal wine. We left, and that was a vein school one, right? Yes, I'm guessing yeah. that's how you pronounce it. There are a lot of consonants jammed so, together. <laughs> so that specific wine has a very interesting story. So the guy that produces that wine is one of the top producers of that style, Sauvignon Blanc and Chenin Blanc, in the world. Um, and he makes, he's widely, widely known as like the guy that, that from a winemaker, winemaker's perspective has perfected it. Um, but he, along with a card company called Diners Club, which isn't big in America, but outside it's, it's huge, um, has started a winemaking school in South Africa. So every one of those wines that someone purchases the profits of that wine go directly to fun, uh, funding the wine uh, the winemaking school operation. So it's really cool. <clears throat> it's also a very good wine. No, it's it's, it's a not, it's not a shtick. No, it's amazing. Uh, and that's what what else I noticed. Like <clears throat> all those wines that you shared with me, I could actually taste those fruity flavors and like identify the fruity flavors, not just a a generic fruit sweetness or like oh you tell me it has apricots in it. Okay, no, no, I like I can pick up just straight fruit yeah. flavor it's amazing so and and wine wine is the one thing not not to turn this into wine not but wine is the thing that like uh you can you can okay and it's it's gonna sound like i'm shitting on beer and i'm not because beer has has different attributes about it that people enjoy but for me wine is the one thing where it is you can you can taste the drastic differences in just a small geographic movement of the grape right so like this rosé that i'm having is the the vineyard is in what's called the um the beach bush which is a beach flatland area between the ocean and the actual fertile land that people didn't used to think you can grow vines in and this guy figured out how to grow vines there and you can taste the salty air in this wine but not salt. You taste like you know if you have Himalayan sea salt. Mm-hmm. Um, it is salty, but the mineral complex that comes after you taste that salt—that's what you taste in this wine. Um, and you, you'll be immediately when someone points it out to you, you'll you'll be able to identify. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I'm tasting. Um, so it, beer just doesn't have that. It it has significant characteristics across like hop varietals and, and whatnot but it's not nearly as like distinct oh they um, are you just have to tune into it and what we've experienced mm-hmm. in american beers especially is that 
the hop flavors can be so overwhelming that they they turn into muddled nonsense. Yeah. Uh, and what we we've been really lucky to experience over the last ten years of craft beer, especially, is that the hop the hop crops that we have across the world have been really really healthy. We've had our moments where like German hops weren't so great or American hops took a hit, but uh, with hop contracts we've had like huge success of keeping the same quality year to year for hop varietals. Yeah. Um, but when brewers don't know what they're doing or they produce beer based on uh, quantity rather than quality, uh, then you do get, you get some muddled flavors. That's what impressed me about Cigar City. And I did that review last week and on Instagram, but I can taste the characteristics of their hops in the beer, which is amazing. Like I can taste when someone went up on the catwalk and dumped in a 10 minute edition Toward the end of yeah. that boil, like it's 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 seriously impressive. So, no, that's good, and I mean that's that is the craft beer that people should focus on because that that's the wine that, I mean, to your point, you can taste the distinct flavors in these wines, and you can do it because you're not paying six dollars a for the bottle, and right. More importantly, you're buying small producers, hand-picked grapes for the most part, um, hand-managed crop, right? So, um. It's it's very possible for vineyards to do that. They just can't scale, so they they can become um, a reasonable sized vineyard, but there is a, a a distinct limit to the amount of wine that they can produce doing this. Um, but the quality of the wine is just so much better, and it's not Kendall Jackson, and never will be, um, because they they just they can't grow the brand that much. I'm a Robert Mondavi fan myself. Yeah. <laughs> I like barefoot. Give me some barefoot any day of the week. Classy. Um, so, all right. Enough about wine. Yes, wine not for later. Uh, Mr. Parker in Tulsa. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Hello. I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. Forgot, I think you guys forgot about me for a second there. Well, we got caught up in some wine. Started rolling through the hills of South African wine country. Tumbled over, yeah. tumbled over ourselves and fell a... Fell into a, a nice vineyard, vineyard full of terroir. Well, you painted the picture very <laughs> lovely. Oh yeah, there were hills and the sea. Well, I and think, uh, <laughs> and the salt in the air that is soaking into the grapes. Mm-hmm. Jamming into. I don't even grapes. like wine, and I thought about drinking some wine tonight. <laughs> well, I've got a barley wine. I might open that up. Maybe see how that goes. We should turn it into a real shit show. I can tell you that. I was, I was about to say, good luck tomorrow morning. Well, my original plan was to crack open a five-liter keg of 10% triple IPA and and try to kill it. But I'm going to save that for later. You might pull a Troy and fall asleep on us mid-cast. I'm definitely going to have to take some five-hour energy before I start that endeavor. (laughs) All right, so what 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 are you drinking tonight? I, uh... Nearly killed a whole Sapporo whilst listening to the wine not talk, uh, Mr. Franks. I would hit the reggae horn, but I'm afraid that that's not culturally appropriate. And then I don't have, you know, like a an Asian gong or anything like that. So we're just going to leave it open. But How's you do that? have an Asian dong. <sighs> Listen, his name is Rick. He's cool. All right. <laughs> He's good people. That was a reverse burn. I guess. 
Brian's got what we call an innie <laughs> in the business. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't yes. make it culturally appropriate. Listen, an inverted <laughs> penis is nothing to laugh definitely, at. No, it's definitely not generalized. Oh. All right. Oh, so man. You're drinking a Sapporo. Is it a 25 ounce can of Sapporo? <laughs> I. It's the big one. What? Yeah. <laughs> man, I feel like I feel like you know most cans. It's like five cents in Hawaii, ten cents in Michigan, or whatnot. This one should be like a dollar forty in Michigan. This motherfucker, you could kill somebody with this can. Yeah, I I do remember it being pretty stout the last time I had it. Dude, if there were wartime rations ever again, they'd have to cut back on the Sapporo manufacturing because this is a lot of steel going out the door. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, I don't think they're using steel. Air, you can make a lot of aluminum aircraft parts out of that. Absolutely. The aerospace industry would need that shit. B-52 bomber. Sorry, <laughs> It's it's clearly like there's just like little Sapporo cans all cut up everywhere. <laughs> the wing has about thirty five Sapporo lo- labels on it. <laughs> uh. Yeah, dude. I, so Sapporo's really good. Like, I don't know why. It is. I just don't. It's just like a Guinness almost. I guess. Whoa, 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 whoa. I I don't know. I'm not comparing the two beers. No, I'm just talking about Miller, in general. But um. They're just one of those just all-around good beers. I don't know. Like, I always get this whenever I um, am at a sushi joint. Like, it can be well, like an 1130 really well work fish. meeting, and I'm getting one. Yeah, I guess it's the pairing. Like, I just always get one. Um, they're, yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> yeah, I uh... – It could be intimidating. I think some people are intimidated by them just like – maybe that's what I, uh, the, the – parallels that I was driving there was like uh, you know some people are like oh Guinness that's you know syrup I don't want to drink that that's gross and it's like just try it yeah uh, so I, I've heard that about Sapporo like no that's I don't know real thick or whatever the case whatever the descriptor was and I'm like no it's 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 fucking delicious I think that's down I think the quantity easy, especially the quantity of that can may turn pe- more people off rather than the flavors of that can or they're in the can. Perhaps, but, but I mean, maybe it might turn off a, like a 16-year-old first-time drinker, but, I mean, like, who's not going to have two beers with dinner, so you might as well just consolidate and kill two birds with one stone. Fair. That's fair. I tend to have two 16-ounce cans of vodka with dinner. 16-ounce cans of vodka? Wow, that canning vodka. Kill it. <laughs> yeah, uh, vodka-aged uh, uh, beer. Vodka-aged uh, bringing that back yeah he's trying really hard so do you guys remember uh did you guys ever see canned water mm-hmm. yeah uh-huh. and that's the thing but they you know why that it's strange right yeah no do you why is that it's, it's a thing because the um the beverage industry normally sends those cans to and for relief efforts. Mm-hmm. So you're Budweiser about, cans, water. You're about to cans, see. Water. You're about to see a giant Budweiser Super Bowl ad next week, uh, with a with the Budweiser water being sent to Houston, Florida, and Puerto Rico. I'm sorry, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. I like to call it 
Puerto Rico. Uh, that but, was a perfect drop. Love the people in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, regardless, that ad, part of that ad was recorded in Elgin. Down here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So y'all know, Elgin, Texas. I don't know. Good old Central Texas is on the map. Is that right by you? <laughs> it's, no. It's like no. outside Elgin's of Houston. Like BMF. BMF? BFE, I mean. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hold on. I got you. Hold on. Just a bit outside. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I've not heard that acronym. <laughs> Bad motherfucker. It's, end, it's, it's like where 290 ends outside of Austin. It's Yeah, it's a long ways outside of North, Is it North, Is it Elgin uh, or is it Elgin? It's Elgin. <laughs> I'm going to go with Elgin. It's spelled Elgin. Yeah. And it's... It's, <laughs> it's totally Elgin, Brian. Well, there's an Elgin, <laughs> Oklahoma that's E-L-G-I-N. <laughs> this Southwest is Elgin, Oklahoma, Texas. Yeah. It's Elgin, Texas, and it's E L G I N. So, so it's Elgin, um, not it's Elgin. Elgin yeah. Okay. But people say Elgin. You, you say Elgin. <laughs> no, no. He's no, no. It, He's like, Everybody uses Elgin. I promise. <laughs> All the people, including me, especially me, say Elgin. I pro- you're, oh gosh. You're Donald Trump in the situation right now. Everyone's saying Puerto Rico, just like me. Everyone says it. <laughs> You just DT'd the situation. <laughs> God dang. Uh, I guess it could be like uh, the old Houston Street in New York City. And it's uh, like, no, like, it's Houston. Someone with a speech impediment. Okay. Go look on the on the uh, Wikipedia page for Elgin, this is Texas. Def- this is in your defense, Frank. You're not realizing that. I'm coming to your <laughs> No, I know. He's I trying know. to help you. I understand okay. Houston, Houston. Yeah. You're right. And I can't throwing you a life raft. I can't Google anymore on the podcast because then Villain will listen to that one part of the episode and comment on how he can hear my keys clicking. Uh, you like how I, I just threw that really sick burn in there? <laughs> well so so just to kind of wrap up our introductions and beer talk. Uh, Parker, do you, do you find that the Sapporo, right? The Sapporo, there's, there's one that starts with a K, um, that also gets served at Japanese restaurants. Kirin Ichiban. Ichiban means number one. Sorry. Sorry. Ichiban. Ichiban. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like Sapporo a lot better than that. Like, it's just, to me, there, there's a different. It's sort of like when you go to an Italian place, and they've got a, a comparable pilsner, but you're like, it's just not going to be as good as Peroni. They have they have Peroni, right. but they also have Bira Moretti. You don't want Bira Moretti because it sucks. It's kind of like the Always Safe brand. Yeah, mm-hmm. or Medella and Estrella. Like, I would, I would do Medella. Mm-hmm. I'd like Estrella, but it's not as good. So. I feel like the Sapporo is, is the better brand. Maybe maybe I went off on the tangent there. No, awesome. you didn't. I agree. Not much. Uh, it's it's kind of got the stranglehold on the market, I suppose. Well, I, I guess at least uh, in the American market and our thoughts on well, Japanese beer. I always heard Sapporo is Japanese for beer. You want to know something fun? I'm going to glide right past that bad joke. You want to know something fun about <laughs> Sapporo beer and, uh, and, and, and American beer? Um, I'm guessing that it's made here. No, Sapporo beer actually is the majority stakeholder in Anchor Brewing Company. 
in San Francisco. Oh, so they know good beer. They bought good beer. They don't know good beer. <laughs> no, they, uh, they, well. they they know damn good beer because Sapporo is one of the like classier brands of beer around the world. It is really hard to make that beer and to make that beer taste good. <laughs> and they do a damn fine job of it. And then, you know, them picking up Anchor, that's a... Some people really, really did not like that Anchor sold because Anchor is like the original craft beer in America without Fritz Maytag. Right? And they're in San Francisco Bay. Okay, so I mean you're in the you're in the nutsack of <laughs> of you know, the hipster trendy world. So Yeah. Yeah. The rotten crotch nutsack. Anyway. Well so so breaking news. Um, Probably not. No, definitely breaking news. So, uh, when you listen to this, yeah, no Elon shit. Elon Musk started a company, right? It's called the Boring Company, and the Boring Company has been very successful with, um, kickstarting to an extent this project, but not not so much kickstarting. He's had fun with the fact that he can sell, um side products associated to the company with the company logo on it. And he's just like, what will people buy? Right. So initially he sold people hats for $20 and he sold 50,000 hats and his next product. So what he said was, is if you purchase 50,000 hats, the next product will be a boring company flamethrower. And by God, there is a $500 boring company flamethrower that looks like a Nerf gun. With a big gas tank on top <laughs> that you can purchase, which is awesome. <laughs> like you can do a pre-order for thirty dollars, and then at the end, um, if you truly want one, then they'll they'll charge you obviously the four hundred seventy dollars to buy it. Because I, I think a lot of people will do the, like the thirty dollars, and then uh, I don't know that I really want a full-fledged flamethrower. But they're supposed to to, to start sending them out here in. Uh, uh, March or April, which really in Elon Musk terms probably means about uh, September of 2019. Uh, yeah, you'll get your boring company flamethrower, but the thing looks legit and fucking sweet. So, so can we get it no beer know, left behind? A way to start a chimney. <laughs> can we get a no beer left behind branded uh, flamethrower? Because I feel like that's advertising dollars right there. We can do some cool shit. We can come to your house and light yeah. some candles on your fireplace. Just. <laughs> Burn down your house and everything you've ever worked for. Yeah. Do an Instagram giveaway contest. We'll burn down your house. <laughs> well, burn that house. <laughs> we so, move the fire truck out of the, the way. It's just a smoldering mess. <laughs> the flamethrower did go live about four hours ago, and <laughs> and Elon Musk tested or uh, tweeted. He said it's great for roasting nuts. As well as when the the zombie apocalypse happens, you'll be glad you bought a flamethrower. Works against hordes of un, of the undead or your money back. There's already a thousand ordered. There's only nineteen thousand left. That's two hours in. And then he texted, tweeted, and said, "Obviously, a flamethrower is a super terrible idea. Definitely do not buy one, unless you like fun." <laughs> I felt like you were so, like on the inside. Inside, you're getting texts from Elon Musk there for a little yeah. while. I was excited. <laughs> no, he did try to text me one time, and 
I've actually got a firewall on my text messages, so it went to spam. That makes sense. Hey, question, Frank. You still going to get a Tesla 3? <laughs> yeah, I am. Did when, you put like a grand down like over a year ago? No, like two years ago. Two, three years ago. <laughs> no, two yeah. two years ago because we had just started the podcast. It was on the cast. Yeah, yeah. we talked about it. Yeah. No, I put it. I put it down. Uh, I will uh, report back here in the next two months when I should hopefully be taking delivery. On. Would they? Wouldn't it have been better if you'd have been uh, like, "Yeah, I will pay you the 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 thirty five grand or whatever it is, but I'm going to take that thousand dollars. I'm going to put it. I'm going to invest it, <laughs> and then yeah, at least grow your money in the meantime. <laughs> They've been yeah, sitting on your thousand dollars for two years. Yeah, but okay. Yeah. So think you're a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars. Ten percent on a thousand bucks per year over two years, right? You're sitting on twelve hundred bucks at the end of that. So, uh, I'm sorry, because uh, you got eleven hundred dollars the next year, and then ten percent of that, yeah. you're, you're you're at you're at twelve hundred ten dollars, Frank. Please. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Jesus. Regardless, you're Mr. sitting Fall on Wall Street. <laughs> you're sitting on he's, some money. He's the <laughs> he's the rabbit of Wall Street. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, like the little twink that Leonardo slept with. <laughs> Sucked his dick one time. It's not gay though. Okay. Suck one dick and you're gay. <laughs> Did you see that was that's my uh, that's my autobiography for freshman year of college. I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just said it. I fell on it. The, the Brian the Brian the freshman story of Brian Colon. I said one dick and makes you get my freshman year in college. Anyway. Oh god. All right. So Frank's buying a Tesla 3. We'll believe it when we see it and Let's see. We're getting a no beer left behind branded flamethrower. Gonna be pretty sweet. We'll come burn down your and house. And a no beer left behind branded bidet. Uh, yes. Actually, it's gonna be a toilet that we convert into a bidet. That way, you can you can stand up and pee and hit the logo. Well, the no beer left behind branded bidet is definitely something. I feel like Elon should probably sell should a get the bidet. rechargeable battery operated. Bidet oh, through the board. Travel bidet. Ooh, yeah. It's just a water hose <laughs> with a the hand pump. Bidet. It's just a water hose that goes directly from your main pipe. <laughs> it's just a. It's <laughs> it's an attachment that hooks onto your sink and you just, just spray your butthole. <laughs> Honey, can't you see? I'm trying to. I'm trying to cleanse my butthole right now. Hey, I'm trying to make it nice for you back there. Frank, I, we thought that you may have had a bidet accident earlier whenever you were late to report. Yep. One of the bits, I think it got cut out of the wife cast, but Mrs. Frank explained to the world how uh, Frank <laughs> likes, likes to... Uh, <laughs> what did she say? I noticed you really spray back there for a long time. <laughs> oh, she God. Said. Oh, God. It got cut out, but I'm going to bring it back to the world. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. Hey, um, yeah. What, what this is really Frank? rolling. This is really rolling. Well, no, it was well, fine until Parker lost his train of thought. I don't know what the fuck happened. Yeah, no, what I was going to say is, so you said you were going to bring that back to the world. I meant to ask you, and since, you know, fuck it, we'll do it live here. Okay. Uh, we don't, you know, keep any secrets from our audience here. No. Uh, uh, the Brian and Parker episode from last Saturday or whenever that was. Yeah. Did you cut the uh, 
hate map Jeopardy because uh, you... we got a little off on some. Yes, uh, that's exactly why I cut that. Racial slurs. <laughs> yes, 100%. That, and I was also trying to keep it to an hour and a half, and I think even cutting that out, we were at like an hour 27. We like to grace the listeners with not three hours worth of content, which happens to be most of these last call episodes. And also not a good 10, 12 minutes of, God damn it, Parker, Why just stop saying the word. No, no, it was not my... It wasn't. Stop. Just stop. No, it's not historical. You weren't saying damn while reading the Bible and and tittering with your friends. (laughs) You were dropping racial slurs. Yeah, historical would have been being offended by bastard. Yeah. That's historical. God damn. Well, I didn't say anything inappropriate. No. I demand that our listening core gets to hear it. No, nah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna save him from that, but because it also actually got it, it, it was the first victim of the boring company flame for us. Well, actually, we actually, that's what we I, mailed that to Elon and said, "Hey, can you destroy this for us?" <laughs> what I was gonna say is, it did kind of save us, Parker, because I realized that I started that game and I had nothing in the bag. Like there was no, there was nothing gonna save that game because it was there was no no premise to it, uh, and none of the answers got any better as we went on. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just poorly thought out on my part as well. So I just like, yeah, I'll just I'll just trim it up. There you have it. So, so Parker, rumor has it, um, rumor you have. It. Yeah, that's right. Is Adele here? Holy shit! That. Right. I can't Crazy. believe we can afford her. I, I thought someone told me we had no budget. It's and a then splurge. Pops it's a splurge. That's <laughs> true. Okay, so rumor has it. All of our eggs into the Adele basket. Yeah. <laughs> Man, if we can only get Dolores on. Um, so, question to you. Uh, you you did indicate you had several grinds your gears. You know um, what really grinds my gears? Sorry. That was, that was, I'll play the No, no worries. No, it's fine. I... Parker, tell me what's going to get you all fired up. Good. It's sound coming, did you? <laughs> oh wait, yeah, you that did. Soundboard is really—it's working. Hey man, um, hey so, man. I started drinking at nine when I came in here, and y'all fucking—it took too long for y'all to get here, so I'm hitting the wrong I'll, ones. I'll, I'll, I'll just say I have Again, one, today, and and I'd like to add it at some point. But Parker, what grinds your gears, my friend? On a Saturday night, what has got you um, so fired up? You need to bring it up. People that. And, and and I may be uh, I may be repeating myself by this point in the fucking cast. We're almost two years in, guys. So uh, I don't want to be my father and tell the same joke and story like thirty eight different times. Um, oh God! But, please tell the same story. Yes, yes. And then you notice like slight deviations, and you're like, "Hmm, that's changed since mm-hmm. last December when I heard it." Um. Anyways, uh, no. So again, let me know if I've told this before. I don't want to Joe Rogan you. Um, we got to be able to hear but, you to Joe, to Joe Rogan us. Okay. Um, okay. So in the workplace especially, but even outside, right? When people answer their cell phone – like, okay, sorry. People whom you know for a fact know that it's you calling because on their screen it says, 
Frank calling, blah, 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 blah. And they insist on answering, hey, this is John. Go, you know, go for John or whatever cute little, like, catchphrase. Or this is John. And it's like, yeah, John, I know it's you, John, and you know it's me calling. This is not like a cold call. Hold on. I, so Parker, drive I, I me think up the fucking wall. You would hate working with me. Are, are, are going to lose you because I didn't. I heard most of it, but so just no, say I, the part I, that grinds your gears again. I heard it. it we're good. Uh, okay. Go ahead, though. Can I we're good. Cut out there. So I can I can kind of summarize it. Is that uh, when Parker calls somebody and uh, the other person knows that it's Parker calling, they still answer the phone like they don't know it's Parker calling. Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Is that correct? So call you. Frank, and then you pick up and you say, this is Frank. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I know it's Frank, and you know that it's Parker, so let's skip this and, you know, go to the chase. So, so like, I, I mean, I would sort of agree with that. I think, so, here, here's, here's the one pass I'll give people. A lot of people walk around with Bluetooth headsets on. So, the individuals who are, are constantly on the phone a lot, right? You can just hit that Bluetooth headset, and you're not going to be able to see who's calling. So those people get a pass on my book, and then I don't know, but those people also like the smell of their own farts and are usually having a little Apple Watch on their wrist, and they know who's calling. Well, the other the other person I would also excuse is the driving in the car person answering the phone, because quite frankly, <clears throat> they hit the steering wheel button. The in not every infotainment system pulls up the person's name. So there are exceptions to this rule. But um, okay, I don't really get super driven by it, I guess, because in my mind, it's like not everybody – like people get new phones and right, there's, there's always a reason for why. Here's, no. here's why you would hate – No, quit, quit challenging me, wife. I'm, I'm telling you. God damn it. I know these people know who is calling and vice versa. I think this is my thought. People think that it makes them sound cool. I do it out of I think respect. This segment should be renamed. Parker, how old are you? Yeah, no shit. I I do it out of respect for the person that's on the other end too, and also out of respect for my job because sometimes, and I'm just going to say one time, I might have answered the phone. Talk to me. And um, it was a conference call, and yeah, while it was coming from person A's cell phone, uh, person A was not the only one on the line. Uh, like, you know, yeah. my boss yeah. and their boss okay. and their boss were all in the same room with person A. So, <clears throat> so by unanimous boss consent. And their boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, by unanimous uh, consent, <laughs> you're just an old hag. Well... <laughs> But Jesus. I will say on those accounts, like they sh- that is like a unwritten law that you should disclose. Hey, uh, you got Frank Parker and Brian here to you know like yeah. But how do they know that when you answer the phone? In the vehicle or vice versa? Yeah, I know on that end. Yeah, and those but, are that's a majority of the phone calls that I get. By the way. Or like this could be from anyone, and yes, I know that like the caller ID says this person, but it literally could be from anyone. These guys that I'm grinding about. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely one of those guys. I've been burned one time, and that's Ryan. all it took. It's all it took for me. Okay, so no, okay. Now, would it have been acceptable if you just said, 
Parker. Did you? Yeah. Part, if I said what? Hello. I'm sorry. You cut out. If you would have just said hello instead of talk to me like some cool hippie skater dude. Yeah, that's how I answer the phone all the time. Actually, I mean, yeah, sure, it would. But I also like to make sure people know who the hell they're talking to. I guess that's kind of from being in sales as well. Of like, you know, when I was in the market, I would either say, you know, this is Brian with my company name. No matter who it was, even like even if it was, you know, because most of the time, like Frank said, I'm not looking down at my phone. I had my Bluetooth headphones in because, you know, I can't drive and talk on the phone in the state of Texas in some cities. So I wasn't looking down at my phone. I was just answering and going. But, I mean, I, I see I see your point as well. I don't know. So uh, this, Believe it this, yeah. this hypothetical market that you were in, uh, Brian, was it the farmer's market? Yeah, yeah, it was the farmer's market. market, Frank. It was yeah, the farmer's meat market. It was really special niche area with a lot of dudes, a lot of meat, a lot of meat on the market. And beer. No it beer, actually. It was no beer, just meat and farmers. <laughs> it was meat and farmers, and then zucchini for some reason. I a lot never got of that a lot of eggplants <laughs> and lube. I don't know what happened. Well, that's good. So, so Parker, what actually grinds your gears now that we've determined that that is a bullshit grind your gear? Oh, don't you are, try to lawyer me and poke are, holes in my grinds my gears. This is what grinds my gears. I don't actually, care what grinds your gears. Actually, from a legal perspective, I do believe Brian and I can get you admitted without your approval to a nursing home now. Like, I'm pretty sure that that is a possibility. <laughs> <laughs> we've got audio yeah, evidence we now can, we can we can claim guardianship and get you to the nearest <laughs> assisted living facility so that they can hopefully do a mental evaluation oh and, and frank end up in memory frank knows all about those uh those those elderly homes oh, he does yeah frank right, again uh, for our listeners uh, just now, you know, new to us, Frank is actually banned from all retirement communities and assisted livings. For various reasons. Some of them are due to employment. <laughs> others. <laughs> Nothing. Never mind. I'm not even going to. Others are of a more sexual nature. <laughs> extremely sexual nature. There's That's not necessary. I don't know why I said extremely. All right. Um,. Burger, do you have another grind your gears, or do you want to swing it on, flip it on over, slide it on over, glide it on over, nope. hand it off to Frank? No, no, I don't like Frank currently, so I'm going to do another one here. Cool, 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 um, cool, 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 cool. Most ninety year old link. <laughs> hey, listen, you're in your thirties now too, all right? Angel of Angel of Death, yeah. Frank over there. <laughs> but let's be real about the social security number here. You might still see it. Oh, that's a burn on all of us, I guess. I, oh. <laughs> I got lose-lose all around. Well, the one who's got the best bet at seeing it right now in the room is Parker. So, well, He's about to turn, what, 45 here in two weeks? Yeah, glass half full, yeah. Parker. Glass half full. <laughs> Milk glass or, uh, uh, I guess, uh, what is it? Dolkalax <laughs> glass? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Miralax. Miralax, that's what it is. There you go. Whichever one makes you shit good. 
Okay, just Parker. Stop it. Yes, just being silly now, okay? Well, Parker, in two weeks, I'll, I'll, I'll be you 31 as well. his gears? Flavored fiber supplements. All right. All right. Uh, speaking Man. of speaking of getting older, uh, that boy Troy is turning uh, 30 flurf tomorrow as well. 34? 30 flurf. That's what you say for people over 30. You, you They say 30 flurf. No. I've never heard that. Uh, I just made man. it up. Just go with it. Okay, what about this one? He's probably going to co-sign on the admission here. All right, Parker, go. It, people that send out random, like the LinkedIn request, like their whole email address book. Yeah, I could get on that. Yeah, 100%. I'm on board with that. Look, dude, we've, we've freaking exchanged emails one time three years ago. No, I don't want to quote unquote be your friend on LinkedIn. Like <laughs> LinkedIn is fucking nobody uses LinkedIn anymore. Well, <laughs> anyway. people still do use LinkedIn, but no. It's like it's like Zanga, okay? It's primitive, and you nobody are uses literally. It. I don't know that you're going to be even walking into the nursing home at this point. Like, <laughs> you, might, you might need a chauffeur to drive you there. Oh, oh God. <laughs> uh, fucking Lincoln, get out of here with that yeah, bullshit. Yeah, use what, LinkedIn? what happened to good old Flash? What happened to my, ro- my Rolodex? I just need to carry that around with me. It's got all my contacts. A good old brown manila envelope, and I put my resume in there, and I put a cover letter, and then I mail it. Listen, business card and a handshake. That's all you need. You don't need LinkedIn. <laughs> Maybe a dick sucking in the back corner. That's a, at least a hand right. job. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, so, I don't know, that's how they do it down in Elgin, Texas, maybe. El- right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll... I'll <laughs> oh, man. So, I'll put this down here. Um, I do agree with you. The mass invites on LinkedIn are frustrating because 90% of the people that do that, you don't know, and that is annoying. Uh, However, nice feature. What they just need to be clear in this feature is – I don't know if they can in some way incorporate like these are the people you emailed most that are also your friends – that you should befriend on LinkedIn or something like there just needs to be one more level of filtering because no, at the moment no because right, then it would it be then it would be sending in LinkedIn posts or LinkedIn invites to Pornhub and Pornhub <laughs> customer service and <laughs> LinkedIn becomes like Facebook <laughs> they're asking you to play their freaking farm games and shit via LinkedIn well, request hold on funny enough Pornhub is the tech uh, company in Toronto Canada just so y'all know. I mean, they... that is where every tech person in Toronto wants to work because they pay really well and they do high tech stuff. I mean, their marketing alone is just yeah. phenomenal. <laughs> what they say they the would donate they run, it's a, awesome. a penny for every porn video viewed during World Whale Day or whatever the hell it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, we talked about it a long time ago. Yeah, but that's that's that kind of memory that a thirty year old mind has, Parker. Keep that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You. He doesn't have it anymore, Brian, and you don't need to make fun of him. No, because okay. I'm about to lose my 30 year old mind in about two weeks. So, no, um. yeah, it's correct. But it's the 30s mind that he doesn't have anymore. He, oh, yeah, no, no, his his 30s mind is the 1930s mind. You missed that right. episode of the uh, <laughs> racial slur Jeopardy. That's right. <laughs> it's the 19. <laughs> 
so accurate on multiple levels. Definitely, Parker Jello is your friend. I, I, Green Jello. I love Jello, especially Jell-O when it's got a little sword in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh I know at your age, constipation is a real problem. Jello is your friend. <laughs> Did you get my. Now, Frank, is that is that what you used to put the roofies in? Uh, the Jello at the assisted living community? Oh my at? god. Oh my god. <laughs> or. No, you were on the Alzheimer's unit, so you didn't even need roofies. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> and that's why this is nobody left behind. Last call. <laughs> Good. Okay. Fair enough. So, grinds your gears LinkedIn. What else do you have? Or do you want to do a beer count while you collect yourself? Um. No. No. I'm. 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 I'm hot. Okay. I'm oh. Heating up. Oh God. He's fully. He's fully I, heated up. I do. My my fireplace is currently going, and it's pretty damn hot. Um. That's his nickname for his underwear. That's my undercarriage. Um, you guys know that. I've talked to you guys about that several times recently. Uh, okay, when people say supposedly, that drives me up the wall. Do like, you hang out with like mentally people challenged that, people? No, dude, don't. Supposedly? Supposedly. Like, there's a, like. Lose my number. It's like they put, like, a couple B's in there, not just, like. You know, saying it wrong is bad to to begin with, but it's like supposedly. I'm like, okay. So yeah, that's a. I have trouble. I have troubles carrying on the conversation after they drop supposedly. That's like dropping irregardless. Yeah, I lose or, all or dropping respect. Nu- nuclear. Or nuclear. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, mispronunciations in general, right? Like, like if if this is the only language you ever had to focus on. Okay, and you haven't gotten it by the time you're 20. It just looks bad, right? Like it's not. <laughs> it looks bad on everyone, not just yeah, you. I, I just feel really bad for you because I enunciate in Afrikaans well and in English as well as I can, but I don't say supposedly, right? So it's like, yeah, I I, I agree with you there, Parker. It's, Thank you. You have one job. You have one job, and that's why I don't make fun of people who try a second language because it is very hard to like enunciate well in in multiple languages, and it's a very like commendable thing. But hey, asshole, you made fun of me and my British accent that I did the other night. Yeah, that's not another language. <laughs> Accents <laughs> different. Might as well be. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. The fundamentals are the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Supposedly. <laughs> so. so. <laughs> You're still saying supposedly, just with a British accent. Supposedly, you guys love it. So, so taking uh, a step further, and while on the word, people that say, "No, you're supposed to do that." You're opposed what? to. I do that for fun, though. Wait, someone actually? To, there's like someone who said opposed to. You're opposed no. to do that. You're like, yeah, you're. It's you're like P O S T. Like you're supposed oh. to. Oh my gosh! I just I start seeing red at that point. I'm gonna be honest with you. The word "suppose" not good. Not a good word to use. There's several other words that you can use. Several other phrases yeah, yeah, that you no, can use. It's intended to be that way, or like <laughs> wow. Yeah. So 
Suppose. That's the. Fine. Sh- if you're gonna say supposed to, that's fine. I, I like. I'm not gonna judge because there are situations where you don't want to like go through the whole phrase. But, um, fine. But if someone actually said opposed, I would probably look at taking guardianship at that. Wait, point. opposed or sub yeah. subposed? No. Because opposed is no, also a word, Frank. <laughs> Sorry, you're, <laughs> you're supposed to do that. You're posed, posed yeah. to do that. I'm, okay. Yeah, you're supposed to do that. Yeah, there you go. All right. Um. <laughs> to look at it taking guardianship. <laughs> What'd you say? Let's just take a second. Uh, what you said? Power of attorney. You said like the, I was laughing at what you said, <laughs> and the lengths at which you took that miss that yeah. misstep in speech. You're like, all right, you're mine now. I get to make yeah, the calls. No, at, I call at that the point, shots. I would look at guardianship papers. You can. <laughs> we're gonna put you I in. Would, we're gonna put I you said, in. I'm sorry. What other parts of your life are this messed up? Like. <laughs> Let me let me see your credit card bills. Let me see how much debt you're hiding. Like, let's see this because y- you can't pronounce the word, no. or you can't function within the lingual structure that we have established I, here in this country. I can tell you what their stock. I can't imagine there aren't systems just raping no, you. I right got this. I got like, this. I, I know what their stock options are. They just bought a ton of stock options in cats up. And then uh, that's it. That's just where they drew the line. They're like, it's going to take off any time now. It's supposed to take off. Cats up is going to be the next big thing. These are the Supposedly, same people. this is going <laughs> to. Sorry. These... Sorry, Brian or Frank, whatever your name is. Did I cut you off? I hate people no, no, who I, mispronounce I Frank's off. name as Brian. That's what I hate. I can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, these People that are supposed to know what they're saying um, are also the ones that are slowing down, uh, coming up to green lights. Mm. Grinds my gears. Yeah, the coming up to green lights. In the chance. No, the coming the coming up to green light folks in my mind are are very bad, but not quite the level of Dante's Inferno that the. Uh, just change to yellow, and I'm gonna stop in front of you. People are, yeah. Um, you know who yeah, those people are? It's like are? your bumper is already like over the yeah you know, the line. No, no, they'll they'll, they'll flip it. They'll stop and then back up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, motherfucker, this took you the equivalent amount of like four cars getting through this intersection. You know who those um, people are, right? Oh, those people have been hit with the red light camera tickets. Is <laughs> who those oh. people are? Because uh, those are um, those are plentiful up here in Dallas, and I can tell people who who are a little bit camera shy. They're like, ah, not for me. I'm not getting that. Dude, I'm gonna be screwed if that comes to Oklahoma because I run red lights regularly. That's really? real real talk. That's an asshole move. <laughs> that that no, grinds no, my no, gears. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Right, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Faces that is... run red lights. <laughs> <laughs> in their Lincoln Town Car, yeah. LinkedIn because Town that Cars. Is one safe car. The Lincoln Continental is one safe car. LinkedIn Town no. Car. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. I, sh- I should have. I should have uh, set that up a little bit better. Um, there's one coming out of my neighborhood. Okay. When it's six a.m. and there's nobody in sight, I'm not gonna sit there and wait. For a minute or however long, because it's, it's it's not even censored. Okay, um, just yeah. Whenever I'm going to work, like Uber early, and I'm the only one on the road. Not I'm gonna check 
my surroundings and make sure that I'm good. And then I'm going to drive because it's fucking stupid. And I run, I do run those red left lights quite frequently in the middle of the day with other traffic around. But you know what? I look in front of me and I'm like, oh, there's nobody coming. I can safely execute a left turn. Bam. I do also look in my rear view before I do that to make sure I don't see any cops behind me. But Okay, but that's different. That's different. That's an unreasonable light in the neighborhood. Right? Like this is yes. not you're not talking about running blowing through. No, yeah. that's unsafe. That's that's much different. So no. what I what I would say is the hey, I'm not going to stop for this red light because I have more important things to do. Those people exist. Oh yeah. Those, they those, also lick windows. They do normally lick windows. They are uh yeah, they're the worst of the worst. There's just there there is a level for them as well. One step below um the the stopping at the yellow because I'm scared of the light camera people. Uh because that's that's dangerous. Like you can't just short stop right in front of me, motherfucker. Yeah, it actually makes it more dangerous situation. Yeah. <clears throat> No, it's very, very frustrating. And just so you know, I am currently actively looking at Lincoln Continentals because I have such a great seat in that car. Like, it's like a 12-point adjustable seat uh, for the passenger and the driver, which is, that just, uh, it seems awesome, doesn't it? Really it sure does, Frank, it sure does. Like, how's that minivan working out for you, man? Dude, love it. Best decision ever. 100%. I'm so happy. When I hear people like being happy with minivans, uh, so in all honesty, when I used to sell those, it was like always to the hesitant family, right? Because no man goes into the transaction and goes, I'm getting one. You go in and you're like, we'll check it out, right? And then you check it out and you're like, this is really practical. We can give this a try. And then normally those people become minivan people for the next like four or five cars like they'll they'll mm-hmm. get them they'll get them until their kids are old enough <clears throat> and then at that point they have a decision and they're like you know but it's actually really comfortable to ride in this because they really like the pilot seat and Dude. they're like and we can put a lot of stuff in the back but you, we also have a lot of like room for people to get in like adults can fit in the back back seat um i know several uh people in that boat where they're empty nesters and they still have a minivan just because a they, yeah they're probably used to it but b there is a lot of uh, practicality to them and so they practical. are a real smooth ride so practical <laughs> real smooth ride um and and I, I, I absolutely commend people who do the switch to the minivan um because quite honestly like it's it's such the practicality just beats everything it's so good Agreed. And it can tow a little bit. It tows about 3,000 pounds for the most part. It's, it's enough. Yeah, I got a class 2 receiver hitch put on it, and it's got a towing capacity of 3,500 pounds. In fact, looking at a uh, little travel trailer um, yeah. currently, to pull behind that bitch. Um, it's you can do it, man. super fancy or super long or anything like that, but uh, uh, yeah. Gonna it's enough to have move some on that. Yeah, it's uh, the trailer... It's like three grand. Yeah. 3,000 pounds, that is. So, um, yeah, British pounds. That's good. So, you might want to pay for that in dollars, just so you know. Yeah. 
yeah. So yeah, and whatever you know, I could pull it with my truck if need be. But uh, yeah, so rocking the minivan, no shame, no shame at all. Love it. No, rock on a minivan. So if you have a minivan and you enjoy that minivan, shoot us a text. You own it. Yeah, shoot, yeah, us, shoot us an Elon really. Musk text. Yeah, be great. <laughs> via Twitter, please do it via Twitter. Um, no beer left cast. Ooh, still that plug. beer count, Brian. All right, hold on. Plug your ears. Hear ye, it's time for a beer count. Listen to this track. Beers. Damn right, motherfuckers. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was chugging beer on Instagram real quick. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at NoBeerLeftCast as well. So, Parker, <laughs> Parker, do you want to uh, do you want to tell us what you're drinking while I'm pouring myself another beer? Uh, yeah. So. During somebody's uh, long-winded grinds your gears session, um, I drank a uh, New Belgium fat tire, and now cracking a dirty bastard. Nice. Do you have a can of dirty bastard, or is that a bottle pop? It's a bottle. Uh, right here. Okay, all right. Yeah. I heard glass tingling, so that answers everything for me. That's a weird-sounding can, if it ain't. Goddamn glass can, son of a bitch. All right, cool, 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 cool. You really love that dirty bastard, huh? Dude, I really do. I am found it, or I should say. Gonna yeah. Kick, gonna kick uh, that microphone off? Love that. Love lowest point of being a raging alcoholic and park bench with nothing left to lose and you kick that video off so we can hear you rolled up to my feet yeah you should turn that video off parker that really we couldn't hear that really hurts everything that you're trying to convey (laughs) it just comes across in such a way (laughs) man it comes and goes like the fucking tides really stuck bamboo shoots my urethra there well you left the audience hanging on every third word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. He doesn't call it sounding. No. <laughs> it's called wooding. <laughs> All right. Dude. <clears throat> I, uh, uh, yeah, I love Dirty Bastard. It's great. I said, I'm glad I found it. Actually, it found me. That's good. Fair oh, enough. Good story, dude. Good, good. Cool stuff. Yeah, great you. stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, I'm going to probably work on it a little bit, perfect it, and then I'll get back to you guys. Definitely workshop it and get back to awesome. us, okay? Good story, awesome stuff. Frank? Um, <laughs> or Jimmy? Um, yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what can I help you with? Jimmy. So I, uh, I'm i on my second cup of, and you know how you pour wine. Pussy. Two thirds two thirds up the glass. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, so uh, my second pour of the uh, first sightings rosé. Definitely recommend it. As much as I did the first time. Okay, fair. I'm on beer number three. Beer number four since I walked into the room. But, 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 uh, so I finished off the uh, High West barrel-aged uh, victory at sea. Then I moved over during the uh, grind your gears to Hops, a uh, Hop and Sting Brewing Company. 
Northeast Texas IPA. And that one was, you know what, I reviewed it on Instagram last night, or uh, Friday the 26th, and I was not impressed. Uh, I was mildly impressed when I had it the first time, but I think I was probably pretty drunk. And this time I'm drunk enough to say that I'm not a fan. The label is cool as shit, so I don't know if you can see that on on nice. the on the uh, webcam. It's fucking awesome. It's great label work. The beer <clears throat> I've made homebrew that's better than this. That's the downside. Really? Yeah. Um, it's just kind of disappointing. It falls somewhere below where I would want to, like where I would where I'd expect it to to fall. I paid twelve dollars for a six pack, so I assume that the beer is going to be pretty good. Twasn't. So now I've switched over to my third beer of the cast, and uh, this one's a little bit of a special beer. It's from Rufftail Brewing. It's everything rhymes with orange, and the reason it's special, I mean, that's a year-round beer for them, but the reason it's special is because it just had the two-year anniversary of the launch of everything rhymes with orange. So two years ago, I think on Thursday the 26th, no, 25th, uh, of January, they launched Adaptation number six, number four, something like that. Anyway, that was their Everything Arrives with the Orange experiment. And it went over like gangbusters because the beer is awesome. So they've been making it ever since. And i got to be honest with you, this is a beer that I will pay $14 for a six-pack for. It's it's that damn good. Like I can't express to people like how impressive this beer is. Because one, because it comes out of Oklahoma, and nobody expects great beer to come out of Oklahoma. This beer is a great beer that comes out of Oklahoma, and uh, two, like it's it's a like a really good example of what you can do when you add hops really late into the boil and then throw a shit ton into dry hop. Smells like orange juice. Tastes like amazing. I mean, it's like six percent alcohol. It's fucking. It's it's great. Anyway, so all that aside. We're done with the beer count. What uh, what else you peeps got this evening? Yeah, no, I've got one grinds my gears. Um, Hit us with it. Hold on, I'll just do the you old. You know what really grinds my gears? Generic grinds my gears drop. So, so I, I know we, with grinds my gears, we sort of like sometimes come unpre- unprepared with our grandparents' uh, issues. That doesn't sound right. <laughs> that doesn't sound like something we would do. Um. This is a issue that I just think really frustrates a lot of people, um, and it's when you pass when you're when you're driving, and you've got the abortion ads on the side of the highway, right? Yeah. Uh, so, first off, um, I feel like this is a really south or southern centric grinds your gears. Very, very southern centric. But <laughs> you think they have right? this in they, California? They, but they'll have like four billboards in a row. Four billboards in a row, and yeah. they'll lead up. They'll progressively do it, and then there will just be like <laughs> the fetus on a table. And you're like, okay, well, that's uh, impressive. Um, and then you possibly, in some scenarios, which one of uh, these scenarios exists right on my drive home every day, uh, you'll see a Catholic church sponsoring, and then like you'll see this abortion kills babies da 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 da, da in, in a matter of like three signs a picture of a dead fetus and then the next sign will be this like 
come to St. Mary's if you're pregnant and you don't know what to do. And it's like the Catholic church right on the corner. So, I mean, and, and that sign will always look like it came out of the damn 1930s. Like someone hand painted that bitch. Um, Parker I, painted I, it while he was screaming racial slurs and yelling yeah. at people about LinkedIn. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's such a component of like, I mean, if, 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 if this many people believed in your story, could you not at this point just like get, like get a real marketing thing together, right? Like quit smoking has some cool shit behind it. Like, hey, kids, it's not cool to smoke. Maybe you do like, hey, kids, don't have abortions. Or like, hey, <laughs> I don't know. Like th- there, there, there's got to be something more no. behind this. Hey, no, if we're going to get people to sign up to your side of the story. It, it seems literally – like someone escaped the old folks home, some senile person, and then hey. was like, "I'm gonna buy these three billboards and then throw them up there." I think actually Mitch McConnell probably went up to someone and said, well, "Can you please give me these four billboards and just put just put abortion ads on the billboards, please?" I said we bring back Dare. You guys remember Dare? Mm-hmm. But it's like it's a now good it's old like, Nancy dare. Reagan found. Yeah, yeah. I dare you not to have an abortion. That's what it is now. I think, well, it's always the the, the the anti-stuff that society agrees with just does not draw the marketers that the pro stuff that society. <laughs> oh, you mean you don't you don't expect one of those abortion billboards to be sponsored by Aquafina or something? No, then how do you... it's not only that. It's like the the level of graphic design effort or like, oh, the, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, what you. are we doing here effort? It's just... It's always toned down. It's like someone's putting together a fucking uh, like they're on. They're drawing a scratch pad, and then someone brought out the construction paper, and they started building this billboard. Like it's never well done. I agree with you on that negative thing. Like I, the, the, I don't know, man. The NRA has the most ridiculous marketing team that I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> How do you explain them? How do you explain where they got their fucking fun, their their uh, their write ups from? And I'm not saying in a good way. I'm just saying the uh, most ridiculous. It's it, well, it's definitely not the anti-abortion campaign. I can tell you that. I, I, I find it hard to believe they employ a graphic designer for a dollar ninety nine an hour. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I see those what you're two saying. Join forces, and it's like if you have an abortion, we will shoot you. <laughs> Don't give them any goddamn ideas, Parker. Like, we will shoot you with any gun we want to because it's our God-given right as Americans. God loves America and guns. God. And that's how that's their fucking ad. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think it's hilarious to, like, you can clearly see where talented people invest their time in these different projects, right? Like... I hate to say it, good design normally comes with, like, good food, right? Like, good restaurants. It can come with bad food. It definitely can because people have money. But I've never I've chilies. never found – I'm talking about chili. <laughs> I've never <laughs> – You sons of bitches. The web 2.0 of restaurants. Like, <laughs> fucking ridiculous. But so, so um, no, what I'm saying is, is like – Good design normally comes with like good, enjoyable experiences, but I've never seen good design outside of like the evangelical church and 
massive mega churches. Let's calm down. Come with like, like anything but lackluster experiences. So like the anti-abortion campaign, no matter how you feel about abortion, if you are pro-life, please just invest in some graphic design people and stop (laughs) it with the, like stop it with the pictures of dead fetuses or babies on tables. Like it's, that's just not, it's not it. That's not your market. That's not your market. I'm sorry. Listen, what you need to do is hire Morgan Freeman. Yeah, you should. And have him talk. Dead babies are not the answer. I gotcha. Everyone wants to know what this baby will mean to you. Don't kill me. That's what it should mean to you. (laughs) Sorry, I can't. Fucking can't. So you were raped by an uncle. You should keep this weird fucked up baby that's going to... I mean, you should probably get an abortion. I can't say that. I can't say you should have an abortion. I can't say that. Okay, fine. What the fuck are we doing here? That's how the abortion ads would go. Morgan, Morgan, we hired you. We hired you because we heard you were good. What if I wanted to abort my niece's fetus? Like, Because that's a big problem on my hands right now. I have chosen to sexually assault a loved one and family member. Every one of these ads get followed by, if you are pregnant and you need help, please call the Catholic Church. You know that, Morgan. But the Catholic Church isn't going to do anything for me. They're just going to try to touch the kid once it's born. I don't understand what's (laughs) happening here. Morgan, we had our best. I I cannot control what the priests do. What the high priest says, what the oracle oracle brings. The mom to the the priesthood to have the kid, okay? And, and after that, Morgan, it's out of our hands. So can you please record the ad? Yeah, sure. Let me give it another shot. Abort. Abort everything. Just abort everything. <laughs> Don't All right, Morgan, it's clear that we're not going to be able to settle this debate today. Hit the ejection um, seat. Everybody. Morgan, Morgan uh, can you please shut his mic off? I can't. Okay. Morgan, <laughs> it's clear we're not going to be able to settle it today. Um I hope uh, you get AIDS. So uh, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> the worst. First off, great reading. Thank you, Frank. I appreciate that little back and forth that we did there. Secondly, I apologize for not even attempting a Morgan Freeman voice after the first three <laughs> seconds. It was just Brian. It was Brian in the recording studio. Yeah, it was really bad. That was really <laughs> it was bad. Yeah. Well, if you hadn't said Morgan a million I, times, the the audience is the audience would have forgotten. They're drunk by this time too; they would have forgotten what was going on. They're like, "Yeah, Brian's funny," but no, you brought it back. Uh, I, I think that might have happened <laughs> once in this show. That happened on accident one time when Brian spilled his beer, and they're like, oh, "That Brian's hilarious." That Brian is so funny, stabbing his own face with a knife. Okay. The pro-lifers are uh, still using that same ad agency that puts out the ads for the life alert bracelet and the uh, clapper. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, you know how all those ads start off with a white person just not able to do a simple task? So they're like, do you you have problems killing babies? And it's just a guy stabbing at a table. And they're like, well. How about you don't? (laughs) How about you don't do that at all and just have the baby safely? And bring so, him into God's world, and there's just oh, 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 white lights and robes and shit. Well, okay, so you're you're sort of leading into the other grinds my gears. Oh, you I got had. more cool. Mm, nice um, setup. And 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 it, it it does actually have to do with infomercials, but it has to do with the stupidity 
of infomercial families. Okay. So um, trying to market a product, it's hard. It's difficult to get people to buy it, but you are most assuredly not going to get me to purchase a product. If you took a hammer and just hit a fucking wall with it, made a hole and you're like, oops, how often does this happen to you? Would you rather the, would you rather the, would you rather the main character take his fist and hammer punch a hole in the wall while playing, whilst playing beer pong? Much more realistic (laughs) because I, I can relate to that. And I I bet a lot of people can relate to the fact that someone shoved someone and made a hole in the wall. If you ever found yourself in a domestic violence situation and you shoved your wife through a wall, here, let's check out a pageant. Actually, they should team up with the abortion people and say, has your wife been pregnant and you shoved her into a wall? Oh my god, no. (laughs) Did Larry Nassar recently come over and finger a hole through your sheetrock? There's a solution. Have you ever taken a Have you ever taken a power cord and missed the socket so bad that you shoved it through the wall several dozen times? Go to St. Mary's, they finished the job. Have you ever been so horny and your <laughs> wife wouldn't have anything to do with you so you just fucked a hole in the wall? No. No, no, no at all. Does that fiberglass insulation ever irritate your genitalia? <laughs> Man, I feel like we're going to need to buy Brian a new house here pretty soon for the amount of cutting room floor space he's going to need for... This episode? Uh, the, well, the hundreds of hours of episodes we have recorded by this point and the amount of cutting that needs to take place. We're not cutting any of We're going to do it all live unless you start screaming racial epithets. So, so yeah, no. There's no screaming. The, the, the unrealistic family... Yeah, you're right. Time. Right, standard talking at level volumes, <laughs> just creepily. <laughs> Andrew, it was still racial slurs, whether you were whispering or screaming. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, sorry. Go ahead. Um, so, <laughs> Parker. Yes, sir. Um, a couple episodes ago, Brian and I discussed the need for a white racial slur. Okay. We've given society time to think about it, including hopefully you, if you've been listening to the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, our reasoning, well, my reasoning is when racial slurs get utilized in society, they hurt the people that that get them, that absorb them, right? So, like, on the receiving talking, end? Yeah, on the receiving end. But white people never get hurt because there's nothing in, in, in the racial slur database that, that, that offends a white person. Okay, That's true. <laughs> to the core. So we thought we needed to come up with one. Um, Brian had a couple ideas. Uh, Frank, not so much. I've, we've, we, that's where the racial slur database came from. So, um, Parker, you've had some time. Um, do you have any ideas for like – a real impactful, like, and it can't be poor because I do feel like that is a, that's pretty impactful, but it's sort of like, it's too much of a cross section, right? If you call someone poor, um, it just impacts too many people, like an exclusive white racial slur. Okay. This is a new rendition on an old classic favorite. What about, and stick with me here. If we called white people townhouse crackers. Right? I mean... Sorry. I was on that soundboard shit, son. 
Yeah. I didn't hear it. Oh, he, he, he said. <laughs> Kills the. Uh, mm-hmm. He called them townhouse crackers. <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> exactly why Brian did the. Oh! That's <laughs> so better. You get, Classic favorite. The audience gets a twofer. See, <clears throat> I like the townhouse cracker. I like it's like a double entente. You know, you, you get yeah, a little like... two for two for Tuesday. That's good. So it's it, but it's a difficult thing, right? Like I've been thinking and I, I still can't come up with something that you're like. It's not in jest, right? Like what do white people do or I, I, like, I don't know, something that's like offensive. But isn't there a, a word in in South Africa that is like pretty offensive to white people? No, no, no? I not thought really. I think we there is one. one I think there is one on the old racial slur database. Oh yes, Brian found one. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I've never heard it used. But it's like uh, a it's like a slur in another language, so it makes it really yeah. tough. Like, not super impactful. It's not. It's not N word or like any of those level impactful. And, and it's. It's. I mean, it speaks to who has like dominated global politics and policy for the last I don't know millennia, uh, several yeah. millennia. <clears throat> um. So yeah, I mean, I feel like we should check back in with this, and we should all keep thinking about it because we, our ultimate goal here, and the the day we shut down the podcast is when we find <laughs> an offensive, hurtful, white racial slur. Yeah, some of those. That the, is the some quest of the, we need to be on. Some of the, some <laughs> of the the white slurs used in South Africa are, a, I mean, it's just more about who you're aligned with, and it has to do with Britain or anything else. Dude, fuck the British. Salt prick? That doesn't seem good. <laughs> one foot in Africa and one foot in England, and their prick dangles in the ocean. <laughs> okay. I mean, but that's that's very specific to the, to, to that region. And it is, that's and, I, and I guarantee it. you the people in that region have no idea what that even means. No. A rock spider is the one that they they, they used, but... Well, so that's yeah, better than I mean, cocky or whatever you told me about, Brian. Because yeah. cocking, like, <laughs> is white. Hey, listen, that's the reason why we cut that segment, because that was a horrible, horrible section of the fucking <laughs> That was podcast. the one that put it over the line. I was almost, I was more embarrassed at my leading us into that segment than than anything else. It was bad. <laughs> my responses? Yeah, it was bad. It was just... You baited me. I felt violated. Our listeners are welcome. <laughs> okay. I don't think it was that bad. No, it's better to hear on the side of like, oh, toilet paper roll, than <laughs> guessing something that's actually amazing. Yeah, like I think at one point. <laughs> Wait, fucking idiot. God damn it. Good old 1930s Parker. For my so, honest. Uh, hey, listen, Brian asked for my honest responses, and he said that he was going to pay me in a $5 Target gift card after the survey. All right, Alex, I'll make suicide for 500 I'll take what is beep. Okay, we can't use any of that. We can't use a single <laughs> word of what you just said. Hey, man, can we please just record the whole category over again? Like, change it. <laughs> oh, fucking A. Oh, God. All right, one hey. final beer count. 
Uh, well, I'm on the same one, so I'm going to save you some time. It's only been 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. I, I finished that dirty bastard. Okay, what else are you on to? Okay, well, I'm on to about – I got to go back to my refrigerator real quick. Okay, while well, you're doing that, that – Oh, go ahead. Before – okay, no, no, you're good. I'll be right back. Okay, cool. I was going to say, before we go on, um, a little bit of breaking news. I found a new sparkling water to rinse with, uh, to rinse my mouth with between beers other than Topo Chico. And Frank, this is breaking news. So what is this called? So it's it's a brand that's been around for a long while, uh, but it's called the Mountain Valley. Okay, so it's based out of Arkansas, uh, but it's sparkling spring water. And the cool part about Mountain Valley is they put the uh, naturally occurring uh, parts per in parts per million. So you can see calcium, magnesium, potassium, and total dissolved solids on the label. Sorry. Oh, wow. It, it's, it's fucking awesome. I love the taste of the water. It's, again, one of the few sparkling waters that I can drink that uh, actually quenches my thirst and doesn't dry my mouth out further, like Perrier and yeah. Pellegrino. Uh but I think we discussed it early on in the podcast. It's important if you're going to go on a long uh, beer tasting binge, if you will, to make sure that your palate is is uh, cleansed and make sure that you can pick up on those little subtle nuanced flavors as they come across. And the best way to do it is to do it with sparkling water. And if you do it with yes. sparkling water with a little bit of extra minerals, then it's that much better for you. Sparkling water is really good. Um, the other kind of trick of the trade is ice. If you can find like uh, sonic crushed ice or something, mm-hmm. um, take that around. That'll also cleanse it, cleanse the palate. Cause it, it does kill. It's a lot of surface lot area. Of, yeah. And it, and it kills a lot of the, uh, uh, bacteria that comes with drinking, um, different types of beer and, and, and that, it, that, in turn, has a lot of flavor with it See, that gets stuck to your tongue. I, I don't like I don't like a super cold rinse, and mm. the reason because it, if you go too cold, it kind of shocks your taste buds and you, it closes them up for the next time that you drink. So keeping a beverage that's about the same temperature as what you're about to drink, for me, it helps. So your tongue doesn't okay. go into doesn't go into shock. But I see your point. If you're going to taste food, especially. Uh, food has way bolder flavors, and I mean, of course, I I eat food on a more quantity versus quality uh, type level, obviously. Uh, but I can I can see how uh, sometimes you wouldn't want to shock your palate in that aspect either. So, yep. Anyway, Parker, uh, what did you just crack open? Natty Light, Natty Ice, Natty Daddy. Negative. What do you got negative. Uh, a Shiner Light Blonde in the can. Ooh, in the can. Love Shiner Light Blonde in the can. Dude, can't beat it. Got a 24-pack um, for Christmas and it's still sitting in my fridge. <laughs> why to... is that? That's a shame. Well, I've been... I've it's been, abuse. Well, I've been cutting through it day after day, after week after week. I think I've got like 8 right, to so, 12 more left. Um, here's a... Here's an honest question. Okay. okay. It's a bit of a trivia Jeopardy style question. Um, no, it's more of a price is right question. Do we have to buzz in? In, in World War II, okay. 
Uh, Hitler obviously had concentration camps. Okay. I'd That's like you people really concentrated hard. I... What is six million, Bob? Wow. So, <laughs> damn. It is the 28th. No, it's not. In some places, it's the 28th of January, so that's a good joke. In other places where it is the 27th, this is Holocaust Memorial Day. So that's not a good joke. It's, um, it's not getting posted today, so calm down. All right. So Hitler, Hitler had concentration camps, obviously. Um, does anybody... Or not does anybody, but what number of concentration camps do you think Hitler had? And we'll start with Parker. Just a number. Wait, that he had. You just mean yeah. in general, how many were there total? And, that yeah, how many throughout how many the course did of the not Germany operate during the course of the war in total? Ooh. Okay. So you've got your obviously your Auschwitz and Dachau. Your your famous ones. That sounds bad saying that, but uh, most notable. Uh, Perblinka. Uh, I'm gonna go with because there were smaller ones too. I'm gonna go with uh, sixteen. Okay. I'm right. gonna go, I'm gonna go with sixty, and I'm gonna go the opposite direction. Or you know, acknowledge the big ones, but also there were also the ones that failed because they were run poorly. They were the small business owned. Uh, you know, privately funded prison concentration camps. They didn't know what they were doing. They let them roam free for a little while, and then Hitler was like, "No, no, no, we cannot do that." And then they made up on security. Yeah, they were like, "Well, we're gonna scrimp by, and we're gonna we're gonna not build fences." You know, it's not like the the prison so, that Martha so, Stewart went to. Exactly. So sixty. Go ahead, Frank. Tell us how we're both wrong. No. So would you be shocked? If I told you Brian was off by a magnitude of 15. No, so because I... Plus or minus. Yeah, there no shit. There were 1,096 concentration camps. What? What? Or two. And wait, wait, hold on. the, the <laughs> amount of ghettos on top of that were in the tens of thousands, well, possibly. Yeah. They couldn't identify all the ghettos. Well, yeah, because they would put ghettos in every city that they occupied. It's city, town, Yep, so uh, the like way village. it is taught, so when people do Holocaust Memorial Day and Holocaust documentaries, they will focus on the large ones. Um, but just know that there were thousands of these things, and I was shocked because... I honestly, I thought 10, 15, like these were just mass execution railroads, essentially. Nope. There were 1,096 concentration camps that have been reported, found, identified during World War II. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you have to think about how those large ones, the Dachau, like Auschwitz, like how those came to be. It wasn't because they were really well worked. It was because they they took lessons from the ones who have come and gone before them. And it's not like the Holocaust happened in like six months. It was years that that shit went on. And it's yeah, no, like it was, it's not it was, uh, it's not acknowledged that, that that Germany was like the Germans were rounding up people who were unlike them. And because the yeah, it was thirty three. It was twelve years. Yeah, that's the recognized length of the Holocaust and. Um, a lot of it happened in, I mean, complete 
silence from the outside world. Well, and it was uh, silence from the outside world because it started with a few. It didn't start with all Jews get rounded up. No, it started with the poor. It started with the immigrants. It started with the people who were not like the others. And then it went into, like, religious differences. And then it went into skin color differences and then it went into like mental capacity differences and then just round up everyone who is not like prototype a b and c and that's the shit that's fucking scary because when it happens over 12 years like that's the the fucking poem that's written that and then they came for me that's what that fucking poem is about you didn't speak you didn't speak up when your neighbor left. You didn't speak up when your friend at work left. And no one was there to speak up for you when they came for you. Yep. It's, it's fucking it, terrifying. It is very terrifying. And I mean, I think, I think the fact of the matter is, is we still have people in society who don't believe in it, which is terrifying in and of itself. You have, a, you have uh, generations who don't understand the magnitude of it. And I say generations yeah. because like, I, I, I had a conversation with a coworker whose kid was, it was in an innocuous play. She's, her kid's like seven or eight years old, and she's in uh, uh, Sound of Music, the musical. And she got cast as like a Nazi colonel or something like that. And she was concerned. She was like, oh, she's going to read into the part, and she's going to understand what Nazis are. And she's going to understand, like, then she's going to ask what the Holocaust is. And how do I explain that? And I was like, you explain it in every gritty detail. Because if yeah. you don't, no one else will. It's Yeah, no, these are people who thought that other people were worthless and, and, and believe that they are better off dead than participating in modern day or any type of societal interaction. Um, and and that, that is the true held belief of someone who subscribes to the swastika and, and that, that should be explained in all vivid reality to anybody who even entertains the thought that it's a thing. Um, and, and, and it, and it is humiliating in and of its own right that, uh, people believe, um, that it, it didn't happen. Um, that's shameful. Um, we, we've got people who believe that it couldn't happen again. That's also shameful. Um, we've had many, many. The Holocaust is not even the biggest genocide that's taken place in the last 200 years. Stalin was bigger. Mao was bigger. So um, these these aren't things that are discussed enough. I mean, I think if people understood how much um, control Stalin had over people's everyday ability to buy and eat, um, they would understand that this man killed in the neighborhood of tens of millions of people versus the um, allotment currently accredited to Hitler, which is somewhere in the neighborhood of, I, I believe it's 7 million people. <clears throat> Stalin killed his own people. That's why it's not acknowledged. Like Stalin picked on people who looked and acted like him. So people no, turn a blind eye to that it's, bullshit, it, but it's still Stalin also fucking frightening. A lot of smart people in Russia. He well, focused on, on people in the medical field and lawyers and like, he killed people who, who threatened him that's what's yeah. also think about that in the current context of the world we live in no i understand but what i'm saying is is like the the fact of the matter is is we we don't teach people about this it becomes hard i mean i wasn't shocked but obviously i asked you a leading question right like guess the number of concentration camps i knew there was no way that either you parker 
or any general person out there during that lull guessed anywhere near 1100 concentration camps. That is not, it's not how this is taught. So when you teach it, the magnitude needs to be taught because if someone said, oh, all you needed to do was stop five concentration camps, no. These happen to be five very well-protected concentration camps and also very efficient, but they were by no means the most – Yeah, I was going to uh, say. They, they, were, they were not representative of the entire population. Like there was a massive amount of these things. And Also yes. think about how, how well-documented those, docu- uh, those concentration camps were. How about the doc- – the, wow. How about the concentration camps – that had no survivors <laughs> that yeah. received no documentation. And like, that's kind of fucking frightening. No, like no one made it out alive uh, on either side. Right. Uh, when, when Hitler knew that it wasn't going to work out in his favor, um, he did make some orders of that magnitude of just basically kill them all while we still can. Yeah. So you're right. Some of the smaller ones that maybe only had, 50 people or 200 people, you know, that didn't get the publicity that the ones that had 10,000 people, had, um, you know, they just, what? and then the, uh, Nazis got out of town and, uh, the vast majority of them, I'd say 99% of them went on to live the rest of their lives. Uh, there were only like a handful that were actually brought up on crimes against humanity. It's, and, and the ones who were, were the the worst of the worst and it actually it actually does speak a little bit to something that um i think society could learn from and this is probably best served for a different cast from a deep like an in-depth discussion but um there there is a very relevant and wise theory in my opinion that uh, when the system is corrupt and the system controls um, people in a way that they're forced to be a part of the system, then the person can't necessarily be found to be corrupt. And if, if you think of it in a, like in a deeper sense, um, it's, it, to me, that is a, it, it's a very, very important societal revelation that people need to adopt and understand and then remediation comes from it because humanity's reaction to um, gruesome things in my opinion is overtly bad and does not necessarily um, bring about any sort of reconciliation it's all about revenge and it's that that whole theory to me is a very interesting thing um, and, and becomes a much more um, it's it's a it's a deep philosophical discussion, right? But it's also a discussion that I think, like, this whole eye for an eye business that we've been running on for the past 150 years, it or longer, it, it just it just doesn't do it. It's not, um, yeah, it, it it doesn't lead to better outcomes for society. Society kind of meanders down this path. Um, and in my opinion, like I think a reevaluation of that would be smart. And I think this is, like we need to take a, a very good look at where where have we successfully avoided massive civil wars or civil conflicts. It's always been in the cases where people say, you know, you did do that. But what it comes down to is is 
we're part of a group of people who need to make this country work. And <clears throat> your admission that that was wrong is worth an incredible amount um, and, and needs to be recognized. You need to be held in account in some capacity, but it's not in a uh, removing you from society for decades via prison or whatever. Like it, it I, I respect the ability to 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 reconciliate versus doing the eye for an eye. Like I think there's something to be learned from it. I'm not sure what. Um, but I, so you're I talking about more of like the uh, Norwegian approach, like you know, I, you I found guilty of yeah. murder and you spend like four years. No, they don't spend four years. Rehab- they 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 take an approach of um, psychiatric evaluation, making sure that the person is because I mean, if you think about it, a lot of these things come from um, individuals having uh, mental illness, right? Or Agreed. they've been treated so poorly they have actual cycle like psychological scarring um from from past events so ptsd is one form but and it causes them to behave in a certain manner and and what the norwegians have decided is that you're better off you're you're gonna spend money on these people regardless and you're mm-hmm. better off spending that money to attempt to improve them to be to be functioning individuals in society than you are uh, spending the money on revenge and and that from an economic philosophy makes a lot of sense but more importantly to me but, it's like even from a humanity standpoint i don't i don't want my government do, going out just seeking revenge for every single wrongdoing in the history of society because quite frankly there are flaws in how we prove wrongdoing, but more importantly, it's not the government's job to be a vengeful institution, right? Um, so it's it, to me, it's just interesting. Like the government has citizens, and the citizens don't get along at all points, or citizens do bad things. The the government can then choose to be vengeful or to be a healing f- force within the societal construct. And to me, I just, I, I feel like a lot more comes from the healing side of, 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 of the equation than, than comes from the vengeful side. It's cyclical. Can, can I, uh, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Ryan, real quick. So to that point, um, the, uh, I'm going to draw a blank right now, um, about the criminal profiling. Anybody? I don't think I've seen it, no. Um, fuck, I, I cannot believe that I'm forgetting this right now. But basically, um, it'll come to me. So it's a Netflix original, and it's based on true events, actual events, I should say. Um, and in the 70s and early 80s, I want to say it takes oh, place. Oh, Mindhunter? Mindhunter, thank you. Man, um, it kind of plays into what you're saying. Is like, So historically, we just locked up bad people – um, and left them to rot, and we paid for them every year to live, and blah blah blah. And but these people um, are really the uh, origins of criminal profiling, and and they were like, well, okay, so yeah, these are terrible people. Maybe they killed, you know, they were serial killers. They killed their mom. They killed their dad, and they, you know, blah blah. blah. And so society used to, 
usually was just like, screw them, let them rot in prison. Well, um, this group of people from the FBI uh, were like, yeah, actually, I think we can learn from them. And, and they did just that. And like, that's where, you know, and, and we can better ourselves by learning from why they did what they did. Was it um, mental abuse as children or, you know, sexual abuse or, you know, psychiatric or whatever the case may be. And, you know, that there's no telling how many um, of these cases were avoided in the future or prevented altogether, or people were caught after they only killed three people instead of after they killed, you know, 33 or whatever, like uh, BTK yeah. out of uh, Wichita, Kansas, you know, like if this, um, I don't know, I wouldn't call it technology, but this philosophy would have been around then, like, could they have caught him then after, like, again, five he's already killed five people but uh we saved another 15 that he didn't get to kill because we were able to catch him using uh what we learned from these other sickos that we already locked up so kind of what you're saying i think in a roundabout way like yeah <clears throat> revenge and yeah screw them they're gonna send seven they're gonna spend seven consecutive life sentences in jail you know Let's just, take, like i understand our, i understand the need for revenge like I get that that's a human – like it's an innate human trait, and that's why I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued, and I, and I find it very interesting that whole societies on this planet can operate efficiently without that trait being the driving force for their punishment decision-making, <clears throat> and everybody is very okay with it. Um, so it, 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 I think it's, I think it's an, like, if you were to put this like in the church of Scientology level, like it's another, it's a step up the ladder that I think that people, um, across the globe need, need to learn from like revenge in and of itself in the moment leads to, it's, it's like a heroin fix, right? Like it leads to some level of satisfaction. Um, but in the end, it, it doesn't fix anything. Um, no. no and then you send them you... into this Dante's Inferno that's the prison system. And for the most part, like, what are we expecting to get fixed there, right? Like, there's no fixing in that whole equation. No, but would you agree that there are some, a select few, that cannot be fixed or rehabilitated? But that is why the system is not set up on... Um, the revenge timeline. It's set up to say most people can be fixed, and the ones that can't, these are the reasons they won't ever see the outside of the wall, right? Like, can I? You've got to be able to pass mental tests. There are evaluations. Like people, people have to sign that are professionals to say this this human being has been um, fixed, and that's because why recidivism is so low in other Nordic countries is because they they don't have this like. Oh, eight years and you're out. It's no, your initial sentence is seven years with mental health evaluations, with all this stuff, and we take it very seriously, provide you all of these resources, and at the end, if one of them says you're not ready, you're still in there. So, uh, so on that, on that, I'm sorry, Brian, um, but you know, 
the critics of that will say, well, there was that case that's you know famous, and I'm going to botch it here, like in Sweden or Norway or wherever it was, where uh, a previously convicted of a heinous crime individual was quote unquote rehabilitated, then released, and then he went on to go out to some island with some church camp or summer camp or yeah, whatnot and killed eleven people or something, you know, and and people are like, well, why did he even get let go in the first place? Yeah he wouldn't have been able to kill these 11 people, these 11 children or whatever, you know? So it's kind of like, well, but that's the, that's the, that's the, that was, I was going to say, that's the, the, what is the, the sample rate error or whatever? Like that's, that's the shit that falls in between the cracks and the 11 is still better than the 400. If you, if you pull in all the people that, you know, if you release the people after you know over time, they would have killed, or the that you don't convict them ahead of time before they kill. Well, also, also like the the, yeah. the sentencing someone to prison for the rest of their life, right? That's that impacts everyone, hundreds of people. Yeah. Like it's not, yeah, it's it's a, first off, it's a non-productive member of society. That's a problem. And the rest but of society is like, paying for them. There are family them. connections there that are completely severed and broken. For the it's rest of it's them. the same concept of like, why do you start war on a country uh, or in, invade or populate and control a country when everyone that you kill, all the quote-unquote insurgents that you kill, they have an exponential family member rate of people who hate you after you kill them. <laughs> Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Parker, not the fucking 12-year war, or the, the sorry, 17-year well, <laughs> war that we've been fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq, the wrong country. It's fine. Like, but you see what I'm saying. Vietnam is fine because that's 40, 50 years past. We're going People back. Forget We're, about we have commercial flights yeah, going to Vietnam now. War crimes now gets them a 60% uh, Positive uh, rating, right? Well, like when you when you people have totally forgiven the fact that him and Dick Cheney just made up a war to go kill people. Well, when you elect a zealot, it doesn't fucking matter. Like you, you just fucking people forget. What I was gonna say, uh, and this is a little bit personal, but I don't give a shit. We're coming to the end of this podcast, so I had a person who I went to school with throughout my entire uh, public school career. I even played baseball with. Yeah, matter of fact, we won two state championships in Little League Baseball together. Who was convicted, or not, he was arrested on murder charge uh, before Christmas for shooting a woman four times in a hotel in Oklahoma City. Wow. Uh, this piece of shit shot the woman four times and then left. Weeks later, uh, the police came and arrested him after they found out that he had been telling people, yeah, I was arguing with this bitch. I couldn't stand her. Uh, turns out that uh, when when the police found the body of the woman, it was a transgendered woman, and it comes to find out that uh, maybe he didn't know that she was transgendered when he started a relationship with her. So, uh, come, like, you you can easily deduce that uh, that is the reason why he killed her. Wow. So <clears throat> when it comes to locking pieces of shit up forever or uh, uh, sending uh, sen sentencing them to uh, the death penalty, like <clears throat> like that that's a person who literally like my family invited into their home. I I vividly remember taking him to and from uh, baseball practice. And uh, hanging out with him. 
Now, it wasn't like we were best friends in high school, uh, but when I read the story, I was like, well, while that is a sad, sad case of a person who has fallen, fallen by the wayside, fuck him. <laughs> That's what it boils down to. Fuck him. Like, if you, if you like, at, at, at some point choose to take someone's life for no reason at all, or for any justified reason in your head, and that justified reason isn't that I'm going to stop them from killing me, like, fuck you. F- fuck you. Stop being a dick. Yeah, no. That's when we say, when we say here on No Beer Left Behind, when we say here on No Beer Left Behind, don't be a dick, that's the ultimate, that's the pinnacle of being a dick. I, I don't so you don't believe there's rehabilitation for this person. For that person, here's the deal. If there is rehabilitation, I, I don't care. And and the reason I say that is because, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, this is the part where the liberal side of me and the conservative side of me kind of fucking clash. And that even if there is rehabilitation, like, you, you took the ultimate thing away from another human being. Like, that is, you can't, you can't give that life back to the family. You can't give that life back to friends, coworkers, society. You cannot do that. That's where I have a struggle of like, what, what, what is your reparations? And I understand that ultimately, whatever, whatever is beyond this life, that is, the, that is what you have to pay. But in the off chance that there is nothing beyond this life that you have to pay, like, honestly, let's fucking take some, let's, 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 let's take some uh, front end, front end cash out. So yeah. are you pro death penalty? In instances like that, absolutely. In okay. instances where, where they right where they where they talk about the act that they committed with and no remorse. with yeah, with no remorse and I one hundred percent no. Like I, I you you can go f- fuck yourself. You are no longer a burden on society, you are no longer a burden to anyone. Go the taxpayers who will have to I'm not even not even asked to sit in prison for the rest of your life. Think about think about the fact that if you want to if you want to spin it that way, which I don't 100% agree in. Uh, but if you want to spin it that way, think about the family of the person who was killed would <laughs> in some way have to pay to keep Yeah, indirectly. Yeah. I, no, but no, but hold, hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We we are we are going down the assumptions that the current status quo is in some capacity a sane and reasonable way to treat people. So, um, yes, the arguments you're making, Brian, they're tried and true, tested. They are decades, centuries old. To your point of, like, there is ways to rehabilitate people, I 100% agree with 98% of the time. Yeah, but you can't you can't choose the two percent to base the system off of. This, no, 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 no. I I choose the two percent to base this person off of. No, but that's not how it works. When you design yep, a system, I know, I know, but uh, it's twelve twenty at night, and I'm making that. I'm, I'm playing judge, juror, and uh, an executioner, executioner, just like that motherfucker did in the hotel room. I understand. What I'm saying is that can be said for so many this, cases, though. This is why I said it's better left for a new cast. My point is, we're basing this two percent feeling, and this not a, not a feeling, not a feeling. This two percent revenge. Uh, what do you mean? It's not a feeling. It's a total feeling. No, and feel here's like this, 
no, 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 no. no. It's a totally emotional driven decision. Absolutely. Who's? Who's? Analytics would tell you this person is better off being rehabilitated, being a taxpayer again. He wasn't paying taxes to begin with. (laughs) Okay. Uh, There's the conservative side. That's the truth. That's not even a point. No, but but that's what. If it's not a point, then why did you bring it up? If it's not a point, then why did you bring it up? Because that is the analytical situation. So I brought it up because I said analytics would tell you that the vast majority of prisoners are better off outside of the walls doing work, paying taxes. Now, you said this one individual, right, which is a totally whataboutism, is he didn't pay taxes in the beginning. Okay, fine. Maybe so whataboutism, hold on, I'm going to stop you right there, because whataboutism is, is referencing something that is like a hypothetical. This is a reality. That's, that is, no, whataboutism is not. It could be a very real thing that you bring up to, to change the argument for someone to start defending the fact that that person exists and that scenario exists, but it's not what the actual argument's about. But that's the what you just that this did. This man didn't pay taxes doesn't make the entire analysis of prisoners being better outside of the walls sure. paying taxes. Okay, sure. So, so what you're saying is this person could be the next Mandela, and no one like. No, I'm not saying that at all. No, but in, rea- in reality, there could no, there could there could be a scenario where this person does a greater good for society being outside of prison. Well. I understand that. But that's not what I'm basing. I'm also not basing my, my argument off of the one-tenth of one million percent. Right. Um, right. I'm basing my argument off of the basis that um, if we believe that people who do wrong, rob people, um, uh, assault people, right, anything but murder, yes, murder murder is a bad crime, and I think that still gets a, a harsh punishment most everywhere in the world. Um, this is not something that... You walk out of prison after two months. Um, so, okay, let's let's put murder aside because it's also one of the um, least incarcerated crimes. Yes, because uh, it's the hardest to prove. So, well, it's not just that. It just it, it doesn't happen to the extent of the other crimes. So, therefore, you don't have that many murderers. Well, no, I, I guess I, I'm sorry. I, it, I say it's the hardest to prove. It's because it has the stiffest of penalties that it makes it hardest yeah. to prove. Yes. So, so regard, regardless, like you have whatever, 1,200 murders in Chicago, that's a big number. Well, you probably have 3,000, 7,000, 8,000 assaults, and then you have another 10,000 drug busts in Chicago. Like that, it just happens at a much more frequent rate. Regardless, what it comes down to is, um, it, to, to me, you, you've got to base the criminal justice system off of the, the majority right not the two percent and the two percent is what everybody constantly brings up to defend the fact that you can't change the rest of it because murder is bad yes murder is bad but within context we have to talk about murder i'm not basing my entire analysis off the fact that people kill people i'm basing my entire analysis off the fact that the vast majority of our prison population are people who committed minor non- violent offenses that um, end them in uh, incarcer- incarcerated for 20, 30 years of their lives that um, is unreasonable. So first off, that's unreasonable. But then additionally, like if you're going to go down that path and you're going to reform it and you're going to base it off of kind of like mental um, rehabilitation, then you do have to take a serious look and you will eventually have to deal with murder and you will eventually have to figure out that, listen, there are lots of reasons that people have. Now, Mr. Asshole, I'm going to kill a transgender because I'm 
just a complete fucking lunatic is a different individual than someone who yeah and i think i think it should be pointed out that i really didn't sorry i was gone for a majority of your argument frank uh so while i agree with 99 percent of what you were saying like that I, I brought that up as a transition out of the topic and as the one percent of go fuck this dude not that you are wrong I understand 100%. That, but i think it was a good retort because i think when people heard my argument that was their retort so in their head it's like what about that murderer and frank's not saying let the murderer free and loose to do whatever they want that's that's not so my by default the two percent is not going to get a free pass because ninety eight percent of the people are are oh like no but the two percent currently drives the entire sentencing protocol and operational structure of prison one hundred percent up to and including nonviolent crimes which yeah, is I, fucking I think we're insane. all in agreement that all marijuana based uh, offenses should be <laughs> you know that there are other crimes that are nonviolent that don't involve care. marijuana right. If you want to sell heroin and someone wants to buy it, that's a fucking market. Let it go. I don't care. I don't care. If you're dumb enough at this point in your life to where black tar heroin is a thing, right, then go ahead. Listen, if you got the money to buy it, I just don't care. I'll help you with free rehabilitation. Except in Oklahoma. I would rather help you. Look at Seattle's program. Hold on. I would rather help you with. With 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 needle clinics, free habilitation if you need it. Ooh, like free habilitation. I like that. Free rehabilitation. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that might make it next year. Then then paying to lock these people up for these offenses. I think I think it's stupid. Agreed. It's so freaking dumb. One hundred percent agree. Seattle and how they're handling their heroin problem. It's fucking gold. Yeah, it's so beautiful. That's, it's that's how nice. we should our uh, outlook on all drug offenses should be. All right, are we ready to uh, wrap my, this uh, thing? Yeah, that's my criminal justice rant for the next, like, decade. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like we really need to wrap it as long as we put some Four Thieves oil on it first. Okay. Is that I from, uh... Is, wait, is that, is that Essential Oil's bur- purchase from, uh... What's that, shitty Roden and Fields? <laughs> Young Living Essentials, baby. Uh, there it is. Parker's got his own car. <laughs> He's got a magnet <laughs> yeah, on his minivan. My own website, guys. No, it's just uh, essential oils forward slash Parker. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's tinyurl.com. All right. Uh, so thank you for sitting through this uh, two-hour-long last call episode. I think you enjoyed it. Matter of fact, I know you did. And if you act like you didn't, it won't hold up in court. Okay? So enjoy yourself. Uh, we look forward to seeing you next week hopefully be sure to check us out on our social media pages facebook.com backslash no left behind twitter and instagram at no left cast we got all them dank pictures of what beers to drink on instagram and frank is probably uncorking right now as we speak on some republican senate member in america over on twitter so you're right what you're right Marco Rubio. <laughs> Marco Rubio. Or how about Ted uh, Rafael Cruz, who, oh, you know what, right. that piece of shit. I didn't shit. know he still had a seat. No, he does for right now. Wait until wait until <laughs> March. Anyway, so for all you ladies and gentlemen out there, thank you for listening. Be sure to tell a friend, subscribe, and rate and review. That person who left us a one-star review, you got a real special seat in the depths of 
Parker's grind your gears world, okay? You might as well be running red lights or answering phones by saying your full name, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Probably the latter. <laughs> Until next time, for Brian in North Texas, I'm out. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Four guys. Parker. I had a blast. Fuck you, villain Frank. Okay, I'm back. Uh, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed for Parker somewhere in Middle America. Yeah, I'm out. Uh, for Frank in far, far, far southeast Guadalajara, Mexico, um, I'd like to apologize. To, well, I'd like to send my condolences to Vicente Rodriguez Ortiz, who accidentally admitted to killing two people when he was just arrested for killing one person. Um, that's a tough break, man. <laughs> I think we can rehabilitate him. I'm out. Beer!